You are now listening to Random Ramblings with Rob. Random Ramblings with Rob. Yeah. What up, everybody? This is your boy B Rob, and I'm back with another edition of the Random Ramblings with Rob podcast. First and foremost, I'd like to thank you, the listener, for coming back each and every week or however you listen to podcasts. You might uh, stack them all on top of each other. Make sure you leave just uh, maybe like uh, quarter size spaces in between. So whenever you focus your chi and you hit it with a good palm thrust, that it'll break evenly and distribute all the force and everything all the way down to the bottom, to the earth. Yeah, that's right. Earth. E-R-Earth. There you go. That's how you spell it. And um, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know where I was going with that analogy, but that's how you might listen to your pockets. You might stack them up. Then you might break them all down into categories on comedy, mystery, sci-fi, whatever. I mean, podcasts kind of work like that. And um, if you are a new listener, I'd like to thank you for um, bearing with me through that horrible analogy and um, (laughs) putting your ear holes on me for the first time. Um, This week, as with every other week, I have a guest, unless it's some dire circumstance where I'm scraping the bottom of the barrel and um, I got to pull something out of my ass. But in this particular instance, I didn't have to do that. Took me about a year and a half to almost two years to get this person on the show. But they're finally here. And my guest this episode is Jeff Vita, host of the Kung Fu Drive In podcast. How are you doing, my friend? Doing very well. Doing very well. I, I was legitimately afraid there for a second where you were going with the pulling the uh pulling something out of your ass for the podcast because I'm pretty sure this is where we are right now. <laughs> no, 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 no. Yeah, I, I mean but you had Michael Jai White on to go from Michael Jai White to me. It's not exactly a step up, brother. Hey, man, Every, <laughs> we, we all we all here. We all good. This is all good, man. I, if Michael Jai White was like, hey, man, you either have me or you have freaking <laughs> Jeff Vita. I've been like, mm. <laughs> I had to go with you, man. You, you, my dude. We, we, we independent. We got to stick together. <laughs> Very true. Very true. No, it's 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 great to finally uh, be on here. I know we we have tried this several thousand times, uh, but uh, I'm a fan, and we're we're in a mutual admiration society. I think so. Uh, it's it's great to finally be able to talk with you. Yeah, you you's a busy man because I can remember initially, um, like the very genesis of uh, my invitation, um, used coaching like some sport or some stuff you're doing something with your kids or something like that, right <laughs> i'm a I, i'm a i try to be a an involved dad so uh, my girls are all involved in softball soccer and basketball and i coach all three uh to be you know part of their uh, athletic development so um that's why I was so lost uh, for a time there. Yeah. Uh, are you a former athlete in any of those sports? Uh, I am a former wannabe athlete. <laughs> I can understand <laughs> it. I, I, I dig. I get what you're putting down. 
<laughs> yeah. Um, you know, I, uh, I did the sports in high school, uh, nothing to any level where I was going to be considered for any kind of collegiate career. Uh, if I had stuck with track, maybe, uh, but I just didn't, uh, once I, once I left the high school walls, uh, the other pleasures of college, um, mm-hmm. called to me a little bit more. <laughs> I, 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 totally understand that as well <laughs> so it's not enough for you to um enjoy you know your your offspring and their <laughs> off-duty activities and everything you just got to be there running the activities as well <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah so that's why but uh now you know a year and a half whatever it is two years later here we are and uh i'm, I'm excited to be able to Find out what makes my boy be Rob Tick. Yeah, and vice versa. Um, <laughs> listening to your podcast, um, I think most recently, um, I don't know how recent it is because I kind of bounced back and forth through your catalog and everything. Mm. And I think you had the uh, curator for the martial arts uh, museum, correct? Not too long ago? Michael Matsuda. Yes, yes. Yeah, he was uh, one of my last guests. Uh, he is the founder and president of the martial arts museum in California. I, I haven't been able to visit that place yet, but now that I was able to talk to him, uh, I'm more than eager to get out there and check out what uh, goes on behind those walls. Yeah. Make your pilgrimage, do your Mecca. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Come with me. Yeah. Hey man, I'm, I'm trying to get everywhere, dude. I'm trying to get to New <laughs> Jersey. I'm trying to get to Cali again. I'm just, I'm trying to, I'm trying to be a mover and a shaker like you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because I'm I'm such a mover and shaker. <laughs> yeah, like I said, it took damn near two years to get you out here. <laughs> <laughs> you know why? Because you spend so much of your time at Walmart. Yeah, that that's true too. I mean, the, the time accumulated in Walmart could have been time. Me, you could have been podcasting. <laughs> now, your Walmart uh, episodes are always uh, so so much fun. Um, I avoid Walmart at all costs, not because of the crazy people that supposedly populate it, but because it's just always so crowded and there's always too few people at the registers and the lines are ridiculously long. I I can't, I don't have the patience to stand in line to pay for a, you know, whatever knickknacks I've picked up that day. So self checkout. Yeah. (laughs) And the self checkout lines are longer than the regular lines because people don't know how to use the self checkout system. The key is to either, try to make it through the electronic section, the automotive section, or the garden <laughs> section. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> That's what I normally do because everybody at the front of the store getting all the flash shit. I just go to the back. And I see that. That's that's a pro tip right there, everybody. There you go. Ding! Pro tip. <laughs> I should have like a little sound effect for that. Uh, work on that. Yes. I know. It's, it's, I'll do it all in post. <laughs> <laughs> But um, what was interesting about the interview, something that I picked up on, unless I heard incorrectly, which I often do, um, you just started your own personal martial arts journey, correct? I sure did. I am 46 years old. I am feeling every year of that 46 years. Uh, but I, this, it has been, let me, let me think, eight weeks now, maybe I'm not sure exactly how long it's been now, but 
I did just start my martial arts journey. Uh, I started it with two of my daughters, mm-hmm. uh, the two younger ones. There uh, you go. Can't decided- let have their own thing. You just got to be have your hands all in it, right? <laughs> yep. Well, yeah, I, I know. I know. <laughs> but now they, uh, they, when I said that I was going to do it, they expressed some interest and they, uh, they came to a class with me and I offered it. I said, do you want to do it too? They, they took the offer and now they're doing it with me. And mm-hmm. We are all now proud orange belts in a, a system that is a hybrid system uh, based in karate and there's Eskrima in there and some judo and some BJJ. So uh, I, uh, because of the podcast that I do and because of the people that I talk to, uh, I was inspired to finally put my money where my mouth is mm-hmm. and see what I could do. Exactly. I mean, I I can totally relate to that because, I mean, I'm a big professional wrestling fan and, you know, just because I was a fan and I watched it for so many years, you know, I I looked at it, you know, a certain way, but um, actually getting in the ring and doing the work and um, learning the process you know, I look at it a, a totally different way. I mean, I, I I mean, I already respected them as athletes and performers and, you know, for the thing that they did, but actually doing it myself, you know, I, I found a whole new respect, you know, just damn you in there getting judo tossed around and thrust kicked <laughs> and everything. I'm in there getting clotheslined and drop kicked and suplexed and none of that shit feels great. <laughs> no, no, no. But and it takes some real skill to really sell some of that stuff that those wrestlers do. So uh, kudos to you guys for uh, putting your bodies on the line like that. Yeah. Yeah. Shit was not enjoyable. I mean, (laughs) but you did it. Yeah, I did it. I mean, and it was one of those things. It was just like, I wanted to do that as a child and um, it never came to be per se, but you know, when the opportunity presented itself, I took it and you know, I don't regret a bit of it. (laughs) No, nor should you. That's one of those things where uh, when you're a kid, you say, one day I'm going to do that. You have the opportunity take it, do it just to be able to say that you did it. I, uh, when I was younger, I said that um, I wanted to run the New York marathon. Mm -hmm. Uh, As I got older, I learned that I could not stand running. I hate it. I I, hate it too. (laughs) I cannot, I cannot deal with it. I do it to stay in shape and I do it. Uh, because I can do it. Um, I have run one New York marathon Mm -hmm. and I finished it. Uh, And uh, at the end, I was hoping for some kind of epiphany to, you know, fully convert me into someone who loves running. The only thing that I experienced at the very end of that race was pain on top of pain on top of pain. And I'm glad I got it done. Yeah. And what was like, that was a full marathon, correct? Yeah. Yeah. What that was was that twenty six miles or something? Twenty six point two miles. Yeah, I did a half marathon, so the thirteen point one. And yep. you know, you had a dream, an aspiration to do the New York marathon. I had not a dream, not an aspiration to do not now a half marathon that I done. The only <laughs> reason I did that shit because, you know, it was kinda like a uh, I don't know if it was ego pride or I don't know what the hell it was, but I was on deployment in Afghanistan and um, they had this half marathon that was coming up. Now they had um, another individual there. We were the same in, in rank and everything. And um, he was just like, 
not in shape. He was like a slob. I mean, I'm out there, you know, doing my little <laughs> bit of running and everything, you know, keeping myself physically fit to the best of my ability and everything. And um, this out of shape, slobberly person was like, I'm going to go run the half marathon. And I was like, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> so I was like, if this motherfucker running a half marathon, I got to run this half marathon, you know? And then, you know, you know, that was the catalyst. That's what made me want to put feet to pavement and get this thing done. But after a while, you know, kind of prepping for it, getting ready for it, I was like, yeah, I'm going to do this shit. I'm going to kill this damn 13.1 mile run. No problem. <laughs> Get in the blocks. Pow. Take off. First of all, when I knew this thing was gone, gone awry, was like um, the people weren't out there at their checkpoints fast enough. <laughs> so we ran past the first checkpoint and didn't know it. So this 13.1 miles turned into like 15 miles. <laughs> uh. <laughs> and then so halfway through that or a little under halfway through that, I really started feeling it because, I mean, I think the longest I ever ran consecutively was like maybe eight miles. So I got past my threshold and I still had more to go. And I, <laughs> and I was just like, Ugh. it's demoralizing, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm going to tell you what was even more demoralizing. There was an old ass man out there <laughs> in a full on Batman outfit. Nice. Trucking it, running <laughs> full blast, cape flapping in the wind and everything. And he was like one of the first, first of the five people to come in at the end of the marathon. Wow. Him and this old ass colonel. You know, the oldest motherfuckers are most physically fit. Don't understand it. <laughs> but did you finish the race? I finished. Two That's all that matters. That's all that matters. Two hours and 16 minutes. That's day. Hey, that's a great time. That's that's all that matters. And when it was over, I hobbled back to my room. They gave me the day off the next day and I literally stayed in bed all day <laughs> except for, you know, when I had to hobble out to go to the restroom, they brought me food in there. My feet was <laughs> rested up on the ends of the rack. Blisters was forming up. I can feel the blisters forming on my feet as I did that whole run. And I was just like, this is like never again. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah. I This past April, I just did uh, the Star Wars weekend at uh, Disney World. And they have a, uh, a, it's the Star Wars half marathon. Mm. Um I did the 10K on Saturday, which is six miles, and then the half marathon on Sunday, which is at the 13.1. So I did 19 point whatever miles it is in in, uh, in a weekend, and then we had to fly back home. Um, still not fun. Uh, even as cool as it was to be uh, amongst all that Star Wars stuff, just it's just not fun running. I, I am bored out of my skull after about 10 steps, and I just pray for pray for the end. Yeah. Like, what's your mantra? What's your philosophy when you when you're running or whatever? I can tell you mine. Mine is damn. The faster I run, the faster I can stop. <laughs> I don't even think of it that way. It's it my throughout the whole race, no matter what race I'm doing, it's just keep your legs moving. Eventually, it'll be over. Yeah, <laughs> man. Ugh, oh shit. I mean. And I was in the military for 16 years. So, I mean, I had to run. And, like, now that it's, like, over, I don't even, even want to run to my car. 
<laughs> I used to be a sprinter in high school. Yeah, so see, the longest cool. that, yeah, the longest that I ran in high school was a half mile, you know, and that was it. Mm-hmm. Uh, so to go from running a half mile as fast as you can to trying to spread that out over 13 or 26 miles, Mm-mm. it's, it's, it's not natural. Horrible. Terrible. <laughs> Terrible. <laughs> but man, uh, but uh, kind of rewind back a little bit. Um, 46, right? 46. You don't look. You carry oh, well. Thank you. Thank you very much. But um, 46, just now taking the dive into the martial arts realm and everything. But let's go back even further. Where did you become entranced by the world of martial arts? Oh, uh, well, that's easy. Like uh, a lot of boys uh, my age uh, in the New York City tri-state area, uh, Saturday afternoon Kung Fu theater was not just something that was on TV. It was a religion mm-hmm. for a lot of us. Uh, you know, that was church. Uh, you know, Sunday at, at noon was church for a lot of people. For, for us, it was Saturday afternoon at 3 on on Channel 5, I believe it was for us. But uh, the uh, there was a, an intro song, an intro piece of music that played at exactly 3 o'clock. That, uh, it was like a sha-na-na type tune. Mm-hmm. And you knew that that was the beginning of, uh, of Kung Fu Theater. And uh, when that happened, boy, we were there. We, we, we would run in from outside, plop down in front of the TV, get through those two Kung Fu movies, and then head back outside. But uh, that was where it all started. The whole Kung Fu era was a big deal for me uh, in the 70s and 80s uh, because it was everywhere. They had songs about Kung Fu. People were walking around in uh, the Chinese silk pajamas with the slippers. And, <laughs> you know, it, it, it was... It was cool to like Kung Fu. It was cool to represent Kung Fu. Kung Fu schools were popping up all over the place because everybody was watching Saturday afternoon Kung Fu theater. Everybody knew who the five deadly venoms were. Everybody knew what 36 Chamber was before Wu-Tang. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, that was that was all part of my growing up. I, I grew up in, in Newark, New Jersey. Not the not the the gentlest of places to grow up. No, no. Uh, but um one of the things that everybody got into, even there in Newark, was Kung Fu theater. You know, if uh, if you were in a in a rough patch and uh, you know, you sensed some trouble nearby, uh, if anybody started talking about Kung Fu theater, it broke tension and everything was okay for a little bit. You know, and then you find your way out of there and and then you're safe. <laughs> but, yeah. But uh, Kung Fu was a, the Kung Fu movies were a uniting force uh, for uh, that time in our lives. And I'm trying to remember if I'm romanticizing the whole thing, but I really don't think I am because literally everywhere I went as a kid, Kung Fu films were represented in some way. The fashions, the music, uh, the, the, um, there was posters and movies and uh, and books and uh, schools, so it, it was hard to avoid it. And uh, I mean, at that time, I wasn't trying to avoid it anyway. So that was 
that was my uh that was my steady diet when i was a kid yeah yours um just replace everything you said with uh well keep everything the same that you said but instead of uh martial arts replace that with professional wrestling and that's pretty <laughs> much my childhood <laughs> right right no and you know what, what's funny is the uh for a little period of time there it, the the two worlds uh uh, kind of butted up against each other. Uh, there was Kung Fu and then there was pro wrestling because um, WrestleMania was just starting uh, around that time too. So, you know, if you didn't like Kung Fu, uh, so if you didn't like Kung Fu theater, you liked the horror, uh, uh, the horror TV that was also uh, on at the time. But if you didn't like either one of those, pro wrestling had started. So there was that third option. And eventually it just became kind of Kung Fu and pro wrestling because there was, you know, sort of, related but not really and then uh pro wrestling eventually won out because you know the whole kung fu craze died down but look you're still talking about pro wrestling it's 2018 yeah (laughs) it's popular (laughs) it's a billion dollar business now yeah but um man i can remember watching those same um the kung fu theater and everything because it would come on usa from what i can Mm -hmm. remember and um it just wasn't like at first it wasn't so much about the martial arts. It was like, I thought the dubbing was funny as hell. Oh, everybody did. <laughs> yeah. And I would try to, you know, find myself mimicking the, the freaking dubs. And I'd be like, hmm, 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 hmm. <laughs> <laughs> you know, what was uh, so memorable for me was the sound effects. Yeah. And we would recreate those sound effects whenever we would play, right? You'd run around and you'd start flapping your shirt really loudly just to get that sound effect of you flying. And uh, that was what uh, that that soundtrack was literally part of our lives. Yeah, it'd just be like. Yeah. <laughs> you used to take um, tree branches and just, you know, cut the air with them and it should be. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yep, yep, yep. But it was great, man. It's just like. I can remember, you know, it was a fusion of both because um, I mean, even when I was talking um, with Michael J. White, I was just like, that was some of the things that I wanted to be as a kid, you know, a martial artist, a wrestler, you know, something to do with the military, a stuntman and everything. And, you know, those two were like back and forth with me. It's like I can remember um, watching uh, what was it? Uh. I think it was Tiger Claw with uh, Bolo Yang. I can remember watching, going to the movies and seeing Double Impact. Um, mm-hmm. I can remember just like a whole bunch of, like I don't remember seeing uh, like the Five Deadly Venoms and all those movies until later on in life when, when I mm-hmm. knew exactly what they were. But like I can remember as a kid, I, like seeing these movies to where people were freaking uh portraying animals and everything they had like yeah. um this girl she was raised by wolves or something and she would like run around on her hands and feet like a wolf and shit and then somebody found her and they did like a palm strike and straightened her spine out because she'd been crouching for so long it was like i remember <laughs> odd shit like that but i don't remember the name of the movie i don't remember who yeah. was in it i just remember <laughs> that particular thing that i just told you <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, the uh, the Five Deadly Venoms and uh, Thirty Six Chamber and, and those movies, those were the even today when those movies are available, I will sit and watch just because the nostalgia is so strong mm-hmm. around those movies for me, particularly Five Deadly Venoms. I remember 
seeing that movie for the first time and thinking, oh my God, there are real superheroes mm-hmm. in these Kung Fu movies. You know, they, the, the animal styles and, and the speed and the, the strength and being able to stick to walls. Those are my Avengers. Yeah. The one that really like through that whole period that I was just telling you about to where I could just remember instances of movies and not really remember the movie. The one that stuck with me throughout my whole childhood all the way up until into adulthood when I was able to find this motherfucker and purchase it was um the Chinese Super Ninjas. Mm, oh, God, what a great movie. <laughs> favorite, man. My favorite. I remember the original dubbed version of it, like the uncut one or whatever, because the one that I wind up buying on, um, I think I eventually got it on Blu-ray because I had it on VHS and then um, I got rid of the VHS then some kind of way I found it on Blu-ray, you know, going through Amazon and all these different places. But it wasn't like the full version there everything. Cause I remember on the original when dude got his stomach cut open and his um intestines was hanging out. Yeah. Yeah. Know, they kind of yep, yep, yep. cut a little bit of that out. And then um when they was fighting, I think the um fire ninjas or whatever, damn, he stabbed one of them in the chest and you could see a boobies through a her geek yes. and everything yes. so they cut that out it was just like small little stuff like that I remember but yeah. I remember that whole movie from beginning to end and I, that movie stuck with me throughout you know my whole life because I mean it's a fucking great movie <laughs> it is it is uh, I, uh, I I talked about that uh, that movie on the show yeah. uh, I knew it as Five Element Ninjas yeah Five um, Element Ninjas but uh, yeah yeah uh, so much craziness in that movie it, if you if you stop to think too long about it, your brain kind of melted. Yeah. <laughs> I could just like, the, I think the kind of the, I think the best part was like the opening to me. It was like, they were both schools was fighting against each other and everything. And just the different styles and how, when the um, samurai came and he did the, what was it? The Harikari or whatever they call that shit. It sounded oh, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Sounded like sandpaper when you was going across the plane. <laughs> I was like, what the hell? <laughs> but that was the Good dubbing stuff. effects, I guess. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And that, I think, like, <laughs> even the close second, you know, kind of keeping with that was um, the freaking uh, Mystery of Chess Boxing with the Ghostface Killer. Oh, yeah, Ghostface Killer. Favorite movie, man. <laughs> Yeah, that's that, and that's another one where, um, you know, and not that uh, it, it's anything to take away from the movie, but you get dropped right into the middle middle of that plot from the very beginning, yes. and you're just like, "What? Wait, what? Who? He's killing people? Why? What yeah. the hell?" Yeah, and it's but, not not even that. It's just like the long drawn out intro where you're doing this demonstration and everything and he's like doing the worm and all kind of crazy yeah. shit. <laughs> and I was just like okay and then you just see this dude with um, white ponytail and everything and he throw a freaking a ghost face killer plate down on the ground and like huh? Ghost face killer? <laughs> killing motherfuckers. And then uh, slowly it's revealed why he's killing motherfuckers. <laughs> right, right, right. Nah, good stuff, good stuff. Man. Those are the classics. I want to watch this shit right now. <laughs> <laughs> it's interesting, right? Because those movies uh wouldn't get made today. But for uh, there's a lot there's been a lot of talk about Hollywood redoing some of those movies. Yeah. Um but um I I don't see how they could be made without 
really kind of changing how those movies feel. There's a, there's a distinct feel to those movies, mm -hmm. uh, particularly when we were younger and experiencing them for the first time. But if you try to put that movie out now with a Hollywood budget and sticking to the way that they frame those stories, I don't, I don't think that it would work. I don't know that the, that today's audiences would be able to take any of it seriously. Now, I'm not going to lie. I mean, m most recently, I mean, I've I've been tracking, you know, certain people like Michael Jai White, Tony Jai, you know, Donnie Yen. And mm -hmm. I, I forget the guy from um, the raid. I forget his name. But, you know, he goes. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, I, I'm tracking some of that stuff, but I'm not into all and each and everything like how I used to be. Right. But. um, Movie that comes to mind when you talk about kind of remaking a classic or trying to give a current movie uh old school feel what do you feel about um what is that a uh, man with the iron fist oh the the uh rizza yeah i actually like that movie mm -hmm. because and i'll tell you i'll tell you why now does it have its flaws sure yeah uh, and, and I think a lot of those flaws are from are in trying to translate it for a hollywood audience mm -hmm. But the some the elements that he pulls from the classics that he translates faithfully resonate really well with me. The the characters feel some of them anyway. Some of them feel like characters that would have made a great classic kung fu movie, mm -hmm. and uh, I, I can relate to the way that they're presented and the things that they do, the way that they talk, the way that they carry themselves. Yeah. Some of them have some swagger uh, that, you know, is, is kind of misplaced, but uh, you see a lot of the archetypes from the, the classic Kung Fu movies and where it doesn't feel like that is when, it, when he, I think he tries to bring in a lot of that Hollywood element to, to make it sellable. And that's, that's really the only, the only part that, kind of takes me out of it but if they could tone some of that marketing stuff out of uh, down yeah i think it would be a, a, a fun either way it's a fun movie all the way through and i i, I will watch it mm. but um if if they tone down some of the efforts to sell it to hollywood and make it uh saleable i think it would it would probably have benefited more for us fans and maybe not the Hollywood public, but you know, that's the trade off. Yeah. Cause I mean, it's not, not a thing to make a niche movie. You have mm -hmm. to make a niche movie for everybody. <laughs> right. Right. And that's where, that's where it starts to fall down. Right. I don't know that Hollywood can make a martial arts movie nowadays uh, without couching it as something else. Like, you know, John wick, uh, is a martial arts movie. Yeah. Right. But Guns. it's a, a martial arts movie that is hidden under gunplay yeah. and, uh, you know, uh, secret assassin storylines. Uh, Jason Bourne is a martial arts movie, mm -hmm. but that's a secret spy movie first, you know? So that's the, if you, the raid is a great movie oh, and yes. they're going to try to remake that. What? Oh you know, yeah. Remake it? What do you mean remake it? Like it's just been made not too long ago. Yeah, yeah. Frank Grillo is going to be involved in it. Oh, so I see what you're saying. It's kind of like how they did with those um B13 movies when they made Brick Mansions and shit. Right, right, right. So that's the they're going to Americanize going, it. 
Exactly. Oh, no. So, but yeah, so we'll see. The raid was awesome. I thought it was an awesome, awesome movie uh, because it was unabashed martial arts, you know, from from start to finish. They they threw you into a situation. Look, the guns are are, are gone now. Now what are you going to do? Yep. So they had to fight their way out, and yeah, you know, there was a introduction of a, a new martial arts style, at least for uh, at least for the uh, the genre. And man, it blew the doors off the theater the first time I saw it. I don't even know how I came across that daggone movie, but I knew whenever I got my hands on it, I had to have it. <laughs> <laughs> and then they messed around and made a second one. I mean, which was good, but it, I don't think it was um, up there with the first one. Yeah, but there are some amazing fights in Raid 2. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. <laughs> Man, it's just like, uh, just even thinking about the Raid, it's just like the two scenes that stick out to me the most is when he ramming dude head up against the wall, he hit the light, then he hit the wall, then he go all the way down yeah. to the freaking floor. And then like the other scene that I, I was talking about the other time is when he stabbed him at the top of the thigh and ripped it all the way through his knee. And I was just like, mm-hmm. how do you think of this? <laughs> <laughs> Good. It's uh, it's uh, so well done too, and, and the uh, Eco Uwais is so cool to watch. Yeah. Right? He looks kind of. He's got that attitude where he's he, he seems kind of uh, almost innocent and kind of lost. But mm. when he lets fly, man, it's just badass. Yeah, yeah, it is. Um, what else? Um, we got some other examples. Um, I had something in my head. What do you think about a uh, Kill Bill trying to bring that old classic style to a modern forefront? So Kill Bill. Uh, okay, I like Kill Bill. Mm-hmm. Um, I like what Quentin Tarantino did with all, all that stuff. He's obviously a fan. A lot of influences of all of the classic kung fu stuff in, in those movies, and uh, all of it comes through really strongly when you're watching those films. So, you know, when he wants to nod to a certain film, you get that if you're a fan and you, and uh, you, you, you know, you pick up on it and you're like, you get that nod and the wink. Um, as a film, I think it's amazing. He's a great director. Uh, as a martial arts film, eh, I could take it or leave it. <laughs> um, only because Uma Thurman um, is, is a fine actress, but uh, she's not a martial artist. Yeah. Well, I mean, I, I kind of give respect to people who try to, you know, take on the things like that and, um, you know, try to make a salvageable movie or whatever. I mean, everybody's not Keanu Reeves, I guess, right? Right, 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 <laughs> or J- right, right. Or Jason Statham. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Now, the the uh, As a film, it's I think it's fantastic. It's it, the, the shots are great. The uh, the way that its pace is amazing and the dialogue is hilarious. So, yeah, they, I'll just I would just separate them. I, I would never say that that's a classic martial arts film mm-hmm. for me personally. That's gotcha. all. No problem. Um, nothing springs to my mind. What, what do you have any examples? You know, taking a, a classic and making it modern. Um, I don't I don't know that uh, I don't know that I have any examples of, of classics being modernized. Uh, there was talk of of somebody redoing five fingers of death. Uh, um, and, uh, you know, if you, that movie, 
I, I'm opening up a can of worms here, and I, I'm, I was wondering who we're going to get to tonight. But that movie, uh, Five Fingers of Death, was the inspiration for the creation of Iron Fist. Mm-hmm. So, <laughs> which we've had debates about, but uh-huh. um, <laughs> <laughs> not about so much Iron Fist the character itself, but so much about Iron Fist the Marvel adaptation on uh, Netflix. <laughs> <laughs> Iron Fist, whatever that piece of shit is on Netflix. <laughs> no, all right, no, I, I, that, that, that's not fair. But um, yeah, so somebody was uh, was talking about redoing that, and again, I, I'm not sure that the sensibility in Hollywood is there to to adequately capture that. Um, the Raid is a great movie. Ong yeah. uh, Bak was a yes. was a great movie, uh, but again, because they weren't thinking about. Hollywood when they yeah. made that movie. Um, I just interviewed John Paul Lee, mm-hmm. who is in Jailbreak, and that's on Netflix. If you get a chance to watch that, check out that movie. That's another one of those movies where you turn off your brain and just let the action wash over you. Uh, it's it it's. I like uh, how you put that. Yeah, <laughs> just let it's the action extreme, wash over you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just turn off your brain and just let just let it happen. Um, <laughs> the the budget on this film was ridiculously small. Mm-hmm. Uh, but Jean-Paul Lee uh, and um, the the whole crew behind this film wanted to make a Cambodian martial arts film showcasing a Cambodian martial art called Bokatao, which may have been the genesis of Muay Thai. When you see it, you'll understand why. But the uh, the action is really, really well done. It's got a raid feel to it. Um, it's, it's sort of a comedy. So there's a lot of, there's some silly dialogue in there, but if you appreciate action for the sake of action, that's well done and, and moves the story along, not just, uh, just not just vomiting action on film, (laughs) you know, that's, that is useless. That's pointless, but check out jailbreak because it's, it's a lot of fun and it's really, really well done. But that's one of those movies that would not have been made by Hollywood because Hollywood couldn't package it into something that would be palatable for that Hollywood audience. Noted. I'm going to put that down. But anyway, Iron Fist, <laughs> since, since I brought it up. Yeah, come on with it. <laughs> you are um, the ultimate apologist for Iron Fist. Oh, not no, not me. I'm not, I'm not the only one. There's more of us. That we are <laughs> <Yeah>. legion. <laughs> yes, yes, you are. Um, and uh, honestly, I I don't, I, I I don't get it. I just don't get it. There's um, for for Iron Fist fans, for anybody who's who is a fan of the comic book mm-hmm. character Iron Fist, uh, there's a whole story behind him. You know the uh, the training at Kunlun and mm-hmm. being the one who beats the dragon to earn the title of Iron Fist and all of this stuff. Yeah. When he was created, he was supposed to be the the best martial artist in the Marvel universe, mm-hmm. the top of the line, the King of Kings. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, it would take a um, um, uh, hundred Bruce Lee's to beat him, okay. whatever. Um, what you get in this Netflix Iron Fist, at least in season one, because mm. I have not seen season two, uh, or I have not seen, I haven't even seen Defender, so I don't even yeah. know what uh, what he what he does in that. And I, supposedly, it gets better, but yeah. 
what you get in that first season of Iron Fist is uh, a a guy that is so smug about what he can do, and then just can't back it up when he actually has to do it on screen. Exactly, so yeah, <laughs> I'm just like uh, every time I try to watch it i think oh my god this is such a wasted opportunity and then i get demoralized so i turn it off yeah so th- th- this is where i'm gonna I'm get you right mm-hmm. it's just like i do agree with you a lot of the <laughs> stuff that i said was trolling <laughs> but um given what little bit i do know about the series as a whole i mean i'm not talking about the comic books or the lore or anything like that i'm just talking about the netflix series and everything that he was actually training for his scenes on set as they were getting ready to happen that he didn't have any formal training beforehand and they didn't have enough time for him to train beforehand you know i took all that stuff into account okay and i will counter that with some how do I phrase this so that nobody gets in trouble um, with some information about how little training certain people were actually willing to do. Uh, I get Let me put saying. it that way. Yeah, I see what you're saying. <laughs> I, I'm picking up what you're putting down. <laughs> so the... It wasn't so much... I didn't have time. It's just like, I don't have time. <laughs> right. Mm. Right. So the, the guys that did all of the action were all super talented. They all had, you know, previses that were in place and, and set to make things look amazing. Um, and from what I understand, uh, when time came to work on those previses and make them real, uh, all of a sudden, certain people weren't available to actually work on stuff. So things had to be reshuffled and cut to accommodate. Okay. See, yeah, that's the other side of the coin there. You know what I mean? I know what I said, and now I know what you're saying. Right. So, I mean, yeah, I mean, knowing what you're saying or whatever, I mean, that gives me a different outlook on th- on the thing. So, I mean, right, right. did you know that prior to going into the series? I did not. Okay, so it's kind of like, it's kind of the same thing with me or whatever, because, I mean, I, I seen it first, and then I found out what I found out after right. the fact. But, I mean, to right. me... As far as the visual, you know, it could have been way better. Yeah. But as the as the story goes, I thought it was all right. I mean, I felt like that it wasn't nothing but a puzzle piece to the bigger picture of that Netflix series, that Netflix world of um. Yeah. No, I agree with you there. I think had they done some things differently, I I think it would have been able to hold its own up there with you know how good daredevil is or how how good punisher is Mm -hmm. uh but um because they sacrificed so much on the parts that i think really matter to the show i think the show falls down because of it now iron fist 2 Mm -hmm. uh 
the fight choreographer that's coming on to that uh, part of the series is uh, is a is a big deal. It's Clayton Barber, and he directed the uh, action for Black Panther. Okay. So, uh, yeah, and he uh, he also did uh, some fight choreography for some short films that I covered in the show with uh, Eric Jacobus. But um, he knows what he's doing, and he's he's he does uh, he places a great emphasis on the action being able to further the story and really carry the story. So it's not, again, not just vomiting action onto the screen and not dumbing down the action because, uh, because there was no time to train anyone to do it. So, you know, there, there are, there isn't a lot of bad lighting and jump cuts and, uh, and uh, terrible angles. Um, so that gives me a little bit of hope that, uh, they're going to change that up. So it, it feels better for people who are looking for that kind of stuff. Um, but that relies very heavily on the guy playing Iron Fist to want to be Iron Fist. Exactly. I think they look more for Danny Rand than they did Iron Fist. Yeah. And I think he's fine as Danny Rand. And I, I thought he was great in Game of Thrones, Finn Jones. I thought, I thought he was fantastic. I think he's a great actor, but, um, when when you There's when you ask them that can do both <laughs> right and that's not hard to find there are people out there that can do that right yeah. so uh, you know uh, a different a slightly different bit of casting and that's a whole different show yeah and then i mean it's too far in to change anything now i mean right. we, unless this was dc they would have read kind that shit and got somebody new <laughs> in a heartbeat <laughs> Oh, poor DC. They cannot stop punching themselves in the face. Hell yeah, man. I'm, I'm just like, why do we need so many jokers? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm not sure what their what their philosophy is in terms of making movies. They're not, it's not, it's like they're not invested in growing those, those characters and, and making them their own brands. Hey, you know, they, they, they did it with Batman. Mm-hmm. Um, and they did it several times with Batman. Uh, you know, what happened along the way where you're like, eh, let's throw that playbook out and let's just make as many movies as we can. Yeah. What what I understand, I mean, I kind of had this conversation with somebody before is as far as DC goes, in my estimation, I, I'm not speaking for everybody, but it seems to me that their animated movies are like the bomb diggity. Oh, yeah. Their live stuff. action movies ain't about shit <laughs> for sure definitely for sure i don't i don't know what's going on there i i i liked wonder woman i thought that was well oh, done. wonder woman yeah wonder woman and dark knight is the only two movies that they got that's like awesome <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah but uh, what what is it about that formula that they, that they can't apply to everything else I, i'm i'm hoping aquaman is cool that's yeah. a great character he and jason momoa looks awesome mm-hmm. he looks totally badass that's a, a completely different take on aquaman that i never would have put together but you know i i, I don't know man I, I i don't hold out a lot of hope for it there was a movie i i, I know what the movie is i just the name is escaping me right now it's jason momoa and goddamn Sylvester's Bullet to the Head. You seen that? Mm, I have not seen it. Oh man, great movie. Jason Momoa is a badass assassin. You cool. know, Stallone is the good guy, and 
he just played the hell out of that role. It's like I seen Jason Momoa in a few. I seen him in small doses, but I'd never really seen him until I seen Bullet to the Head. Mm-hmm. So put that on your watch list. This is a great movie. Definitely. All right. Cool. Yeah. The uh, the other thing that just came out from DC was that Titans trailer. Have you seen that? Yeah. Fuck Batman. <laughs> what? Why? Why would I don't even get it? And it, it, it was like a checklist of things that DC is going to do mm-hmm. to make this terrible. Uh, let's make it gritty. Let's make it dark. Let's make all of the characters angsty and unlikable. Mm-hmm. Uh, and let's just have them be complete dicks. Mm-hmm. And they checked off all those boxes, which means I'm never going to watch this show. Yeah. Then they got like, I think, I don't think cyborg is in it. Correct. And I didn't see him in that now. Mm. Yeah. But, it's too bad too because the guy that's uh, doing the action direction for that Larnell Stovall, uh, I had him on my show too. He's fantastic. He does great work, uh, and he knows how to make people look good. So, in terms of the action, I'm sure that uh, the Robin will move and look amazing. But again, if if that's all that's that's got going for it, I, I, it's not enough. I don't know, man. It's just like. They got the money. Mm-hmm. They got the damn the star power, but it, it seems to me that just they just can't hold on to people, you know. Yeah. Like I, I, I said this a couple times in, um, in a conversation as to where they got Ben Affleck. He's doing pretty doggone good. I like him, but you know, there's like we got Ben Affleck. He gonna do this movie, and then he was in freaking. Batman vs Superman. He's Justice League. Now he's gonna direct the new Batman. Now he's stepping down from being the director, so he can focus on being Batman. Now we, I hear about this motherfucker just stepping away completely. So yeah. it's just like people don't like how they do business over there, so they can't hold on to somebody for long enough, and then they got to reboot this and turn this person this way and all this other crazy shit. I just don't get it. Yeah, they don't want to win. Really, that's all it comes down to. There's like, this is just fan service. I mean, we're just going to put it out there because you want it. I mean, not how you want it, but it's just because you want it. Yeah, yeah. And then and then they'll be surprised when people don't like it. <laughs> okay. Because, yeah. I mean, I didn't think Suicide Squad was that bad. I thought it was all right. I mean, I don't think... It, my thing is, like, I don't... There's not a whole bunch of movies... That, I, that I'll straight up tell you that like this movie was shit. Yeah, you know, I just like you yeah, could have yeah. did something different. You could have did a bit better. Right, right. And the the problem with the DC movies is you you find yourself saying that an awful lot. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> what was the, kind of the tale of the tape for me? It was just like I went to Walmart. Surprise, surprise. <laughs> and they had a four pack. It was Batman oh. versus Superman. Justice League, Suicide Squad, and another DC movie, all in a four pack, all like a little set. And it was like twenty something dollars. And then they had a Marvel movie that just came out, just the one movie by itself, and that was twenty something dollars. So you mean to tell me <laughs> <laughs> that all That's about right. That's about right. You know, <laughs> I I'll tell you why I say that's about right, because of those movies that you mentioned in the C pack, I've seen about a quarter of each movie before I turned it off, and then I'll have to catch it another time. Yeah, 
I don't know, man. I just, I wish they were more consistent. I don't give a damn what order they do the movies in. I just want some consistency. I want one yeah. goddamn Joker <laughs> to that motherfucker die like Heath Ledger. <laughs> and then damn, that's it. Yeah. Heath Ledger was, man, what an awesome performance. Mm-hmm. Exactly, man. He's just like, <sighs> I mean, I'm interested in seeing what Joaquin Phoenix is going to bring to the table, but. Yeah. I only saw a little bit of what uh, what's his name did with uh, in Suicide Squad, but I was like, eh, I mean, okay, yeah. I guess. I mean, but, you say you only seen a little bit. I mean, that's all they gave throughout the whole movie was a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> so I mean, so, so I'm not missing much then. Not not really. I mean, he's just in a couple scenes of the whole movie. You know, he's not like a current throughout the whole movie is like hey I'm in the beginning here's a little backstory between me and Harley alright I'm gonna fade away again movie 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 hey Joker's here movie 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 Joker's here movie's over (laughs) (laughs) alright then good job DC keep working on it yeah now kind of fade back into the martial arts movies again Um, I guess we never really left technically (laughs) yeah yeah it's true but um, back to those classics. Uh, we were talking about you know trying to modernize you know some of the older movies or whatever. If you had your pick of the litter and everything, what movie would you take from the past and bring to the present? You know, kind of try to modernize. It? Oh man, that's I've been asked this before. It's that's such a tough question because I, I would want to see Five Deadly Venoms yes remade, mm-hmm. right? And I've even I've even posted on Twitter a, a suggestion on who could play who, and Michael Jai White was one of them. Oh. Um, I would I would cast Michael Jai White as Toad Venom, uh, and it, it was his favorite Venom from that movie too. So, um, <laughs> I, I would love to see. Yeah, I would love to see him fly up against a wall and stick to that. Motherfucker. Yeah, you know, I would I would love to see that movie made with. Hollywood money, but not with Hollywood sensibility. Yeah. So, just get a classically trained martial artist to film, you know, set the movie up and just like give him unlimited funds just here. Just take, go play with your toys. Yeah, but you know, it's got to capture the that that feel that the original imparted when we were watching it. You know, there was there was a whole. There was, there was, you could feel the kind of spiritual, mystical part of the kung fu lore in that original movie. Mm-hmm. Um, I have a feeling that all of that would get stripped away if it was put in Hollywood's hands, just because that kind of stuff doesn't play to audiences now. So, mm-hmm. but you know, and, and I, I can't believe that that's even that's even a thing to be concerned with either because we're watching the Avengers. We're watching superheroes, Mm -hmm. aliens, gods from Asgard. So you can't tell me that different. Yeah. You can't tell me that it wouldn't, that uh, if it's done well, that audiences wouldn't buy it. Mm -hmm. So that would be the movie that I would like to see done. But you know, the, the danger with that is the movie that I fell in love with as a kid would be completely, um, ruined by this interpretation and I would just be bitter. <laughs> yeah, kind of. I mean, it's almost in the sense like, you know, reading a book 
and realizing uh-huh. how good that book was, and then you see a movie of that book, and you're like, "Eh, this is nasty." Yeah, right. right. <laughs> Give me my book back. Right. Right. Yeah, but I, you know, I, I don't, I don't, I wouldn't want to be that um, that guy that was like, "Well, only new stuff sucks, and all the old stuff is the best." Mm-hmm. So. <laughs> yeah, and then like. A lot of it is like with the older movies, you know, is the memories attached to it. Because I can remember yeah. watch anytime I watched some of those old movies, I can probably almost put myself in the place of where I was when I first originally saw it. Right. Yeah. Yep. For sure. That's definitely a part of it. Um, so <laughs> that's the only that's the only one that I would I would like Hollywood to try to 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 bring back if um if any, but uh, if they're not going to do it right, then just leave it alone. Okay. Now, what's something more current that would you would like to see remade? Hmm. Something current yeah. that I'd oh, like current to see ish. remade. Yeah, current-ish. Um, yeah, again, I, it's, it's one of those things where I'm not sure that I would want it touched, but um, the uh, hero from Jet Li okay. uh, is so amazing as a movie by itself, um, and, and that feels like it's got you know Hollywood budget on it. But if they expanded on that and made it this massive sprawling epic, man, that would be amazing. Mm-hmm. Uh, Iron Monkey would be fun oh, yeah, uh, for yeah, how yeah. you know uh, Donnie Yen is is just a an incredible actor and martial artist uh and uh to and that movie feels like it could translate pretty well without sacrificing too much i i'd, I'd like to see what they could do with that um i don't know i think i'll leave it with that because i'm not sure that anything yeah it, uh, let me i'd like to see some of jet lee's movies um, get more love from Hollywood and and yeah. see what what they could do with it. Some of the uh, some of the earlier stuff, uh, later stuff like um like the one. And- oh man, you the man, you the man. I, <laughs> I swear to God, that damn. I was about to say the one. I was yeah, bringing yeah, yeah. up to you in conversation. I was going to get your thoughts about it, but you already brought it here. So there you go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because that was a fun movie, and uh, he's was. great in it. Um. If Hollywood put some money behind that, man, that would be cool. Now, who would who we get to be the one? Oh, boy. There's so many up-and-coming martial artists out there. Uh, See that, now, with that movie, The One, that was the very first movie I saw Jason Statham in. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Uh, I don't know. I don't know who, who would have uh, that kind of skill set and uh, be as charismatic, but um, Jean Pauly is really good. I'd like to see him do more stuff. Uh, he, he'll, he'll be doing some stuff for Disney in a, in a few months. So you can catch him on that. Uh, who else? Um, trying to think of any, Jackie Hung is really good too. Uh, he doesn't do much, um, in terms of high exposure stuff, but if you watch that Gong Shou Dao short, uh, he was in that. Um, I don't know. Eco Uwais would be awesome too, man. I'd love to see him do more stuff. Uh, who else? I'm not sure that anybody else would uh, is coming to mind right now, but there there are a lot of guys that um, 
are, are good actors and, and have the skill as martial artists to be able to pull that off. So I know let's Hollywood, if you're listening, man, do it and, and let's see who you come up with. Pretty please. <laughs> <laughs> I mean that was that was a good movie, man. Because like as I glance over my shoulder at um my martial arts shelf right there, the one is just like blaring out. Yeah, yeah. right there. <laughs> it, it, yeah, yeah. Cool sci-fi, cool kung fu. Now, what do you think? What about the damn um is is a movie that came out a while back had Jet Li and Jack Chan in it, The Forbidden Forbidden Kingdom. Kingdom. Yeah, what do you think about that movie? Eh, it's all right. You know, it was uh, it was Jackie Chan and and Jet Li uh, beyond their primes. Yeah. So it, it wasn't going to be any anything uh, that lives up to their legends. Mm-hmm. Um, but it wasn't even them most of the time. <laughs> wasn't even them. Yeah, you know, and that was uh, the last Starfighter in ancient China, right? So, mm-hmm. um, it was okay, and it, it, it's fun. Um, it, it's not uh, anything that I would, uh turn anyone away from if they wanted to see some some cool martial arts in an accessible format mm-hmm. so you know that would be that would be pretty much my my take it's like if you want to see some some fun kung fu with some legends and in a uh friendly format you know check out the forbidden kingdom because it's it's cool uh, what was something i was um Damn, I had something else. So let me ask you this: what What is your take on Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon? I was, you, dude, did you read my fucking mind, dog? <laughs> like, that was one of those movies that I saw, but I didn't see. If you get what I'm saying, it's just like there was all this pomp and circumstance around it or whatever. But I was just like, that was one of those kind of what we was talking about earlier. That was like taking an old movie. And trying to modernize it, you know, yeah. it's just like a lot of the flying across the water and standing on tree limbs and everything. It didn't really, it didn't really work so much for me. You yeah, know? yeah, I agree. And uh, that's one of those films that that people really loved. And I sat back and go, really? Mm-hmm. It's it's all right. It's fine. Yeah, it was a it was a good primer for classic wuxia films mm-hmm. um but it got to the point where some of it was just silly yeah. to me mm-hmm. that's what and i'm it's saying like, it's, uh, like, it's just like it was just something off about it to me you know that's the, my that was my take on the whole movie it was it was okay but it just wasn't satisfying as a martial arts film for me. Uh, there was some great stuff in it. Yeah. Don't get me wrong. Um, Michelle Yeoh is fantastic. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, uh, Xi Jiang is amazing. Great, great performances as a cohesive movie. Eh, it's okay. You know, I, I could have turned on anything on Saturday afternoon, Kung Fu theater and been more satisfied, <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, the, um, the it's it's hard to explain. I, I don't hate it. I just don't love it. That's all, really. I and if um, I, I don't know that they could have done anything to uh, to make me love that film. Uh, 
just one of the things that bothered me about that movie was that everybody in that movie couldn't smile to save their lives. <laughs> it was the most depressing bunch of characters uh, put together in a film. They were all so dour and so serious to the point it was like somebody crack a smile or something because uh, you're just you're just depressing the crap out of me. Yeah, I don't know. It was just it just felt weird to me. What do you think about um Tony Jai? I mean, what was your first impressions of him when you uh, heard him and seen him on film? Uh, I thought that dude was a ridiculous dynamo. Uh, I, I wasn't sure that he was all 100% real mm-hmm. uh, because he just moved so crazily. Uh, he is a perfect ambassador for his martial art. Uh, and it was a, it, it was a nice film to break out with uh as a um as an ambassador um i I don't know what he's done since that has lived up to that kind of hype but we'll see he's still relatively new new to the yeah relatively new to the whole thing so we'll see what he what he does he's going to be in triple threat yeah Mm -hmm. which i'm totally excited about Right. So, you know, we'll see how that works out. Yeah. Because, I mean, I don't know, man. It just seems like, you know, he did uh, The Protector. Mm-hmm. Then it had uh, Unbach. Mm-hmm. And um, that was like the two major ones. Right. And then and then you don't hear anything else, really. Yeah. I mean, he had two and three of Unbach, which two was all right. They didn't really have shit to do with the first one. Right. Two and three didn't. And then um, the Protector Two with Maurice Crump, my my dude. Um, <laughs> right. And then he had um, like those little, uh, the little comedy buddy cop with um, the, the dude that's always in his movies, <laughs> the um, the chubby guy, bald head. Oh uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, he had um, he had like little bit parts in two of his movies, The Bodyguard and The Bodyguard Two. Mm. And then they had Kill Zone Two, which most recently came out. I mean. Yeah, kill yep. zone. yeah, kill zone too. Yeah, that's right. Then um, paradox, which he had like a bit role in that. He yeah. wasn't even in the whole movie; he was just like in bits and pieces of it. I got that. Um, he was in uh, that tr- new triple X movie. I haven't, I didn't see it, but yeah, I'm just talking about like mostly his projects. Yeah, yeah. But um, yeah, using the triple um, X movie that w- that was okay. He was in one of those Fast and the Furious movies. Mm-hmm. That was okay. He's a villain. Pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. And then um, what else? I mean, that's pretty much it. <laughs> yeah. And uh, yeah, that's, uh, I guess, a, 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 um, a factor of choices, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Because like from what I see, because like I follow him on Instagram, it's like he does a lot of tour work, like demos and everything like yeah. that. So that might be like a music type of thing, whatever. I mean, most artists make most of their money when they go out on tour rather than, you know, producing albums. Right. Right. So. Because that's the most I've ever seen of him in the beginning was like a whole bunch of YouTube videos of him just doing demos and demonstrations and shit before I actually start seeing movies. Um, I I would love to see more work from him, but uh, I'm not sure. I don't know. I, I, I'm not sure what other 
vehicle would really showcase what he can do. Yeah. So, because I mean, I feel like I've seen it all, you know? <laughs> right. And, and that's the danger. <laughs> yeah. And it's like with him, it's just like at the time, like when I was first getting to know him and his, uh, you know, his style and everything, I was like, dog, this is like the new Jackie Chan right here. Because <laughs> mm-hmm. I mean, he did all his own shit. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And that's one of the things that I really liked about the you know the the classic kung fu films you you knew that these guys were doing their own shit mm-hmm. and it 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 was all pure skill that you were watching yeah and that's another thing um like you you obviously do some research and you know more about these things than I do I mean I just go on hearsay and what I see on TV um it blew my mind when I figured out Wesley Snipes actually knew motherfucking martial arts. <laughs> <laughs> Oh man, if I could get him on the show, I have so oh, much to talk man. about with him. I think I sent his production company an email. I'm trying to get him to. <laughs> uh, I've sent his production company an email, uh, flowers, wine, whatever. <laughs> um, but you know, he has a book that just came out. It was like the talent, talent of God. Yeah, that. Um, most recently, I mean, this is probably going to be our way in. This is how we going to get it done. He he wrote a book and I think he um, co-wrote it with somebody and that yeah. person commented on my post about the um, Michael J. White interview and we kind of had like a little exchange and he followed my account and I followed him back. So that might cool. be our way in. We can attack him and work our way up. <laughs> <laughs> he he and I follow each other on Twitter. So <laughs> damn it. All right. I thought I had it in. Damn it. <laughs> Ray Norman. Yep. Something yeah. you man, just invite him on the show. Yeah, I can talk yeah. shit. And you, you, you gotta, you gotta get a foot in the door, man. Or well, least... I, I would if if uh, if I actually get to read the book, I would actually I would talk to Ray and and see what that's about because uh, from what I understand, the there's a there's a martial arts mystical element in that book, so um, yeah, it would be right worth it. Alley. But uh, you know, yeah, Wesley Snipes, great actor, great martial artist. He. he he was one of those guys that did all his, his own stuff, you know, mm-hmm. um, or what he could do, what the insurance yeah. companies would let him do anyway. But, uh, uh, we, we've had this discussion before too. Um, I will always maintain that blade was the start of the Marvel cinematic universe before yeah. the Marvel cinematic, yeah, cinematic universe even knew what it was. Yeah. Yeah. As far as like the, that like superhuman ability type deal or whatever. Cause I mean, mm-hmm. If you want to get technical, we we had Howard the Duck. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> no, the just the the way that yeah. uh, Blade was portrayed as a serious take on a superhero yeah. and making it believable in the world that we inhabited at the time. You know that film blew my mind when I when it came out. It's like, oh my god, superheroes can be serious and cool and yeah. do kung fu and it's, you know blade and what you know people not really thinking about thinking about it at, like this type of way or whatever it's just like what blade showed people is like how kind of a superhero would cope with everyday life pretty much yeah yep yeah yeah it real world real world superhero and real world circumstances and, and it and it was totally believable mm-hmm now, nah, I mean, I'm pretty sure you knew about this too, but like they they originally had their eye on LL Cool J to be Blade. Yeah, yeah, I'm not sure how that would have worked out. 
Much respect to LL, but I don't know, man. No, man. I mean, physically, I mean, he he probably could fit the part that way. But like, I don't know, man. We we might have had another Iron Fist incident. (laughs) What's funny about LL is he's got that that way of talking that always sounds like he's egging you on or is is always kind of trolling but in a joking way when he when he uh when he starts talking smack so um you know it might have injected a little bit more humor into the character but i don't want humor in blade i want him the way that wesley snipes portrayed him (laughs) and then like for some reason i could just imagine him in a fight scene and mama's gonna knock you out just playing in the background (laughs) yeah now which you know be funny the first time but yeah but not the other 38 times after (laughs) Now, I mean, let, let's get you your ranking of the three films. I mean, I'm pretty sure it's in line with everybody else's, you know, the Blade 1, 2, and 3. What What are your thoughts on those three films? First of all, there's only two films. There's Blade exactly. 1 and there's you, Blade you, 2. You exact answer everybody says every time. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, there's, there's Blade 1 and then there's Blade 2. And then there's um, some spinoff that didn't. Uh, fit so yeah, the, I, I don't I, for, I even forgot what um the what was the, the blood pack or something what what the fuck was the his little sidekick's name uh the wolf pack no that, that's that's nwo wolf pack <laughs> um yeah i don't i don't i don't remember See, I, I forget I, man i mean and i love those movies but i i forget that one little detail because it was um, Whistler's daughter and Ryan Reynolds and the, all the right. other people, and they had a name for that little group. I just forgot oh, what it was. Yeah. Okay, I, whatever. <laughs> it was that movie. <laughs> yeah, that movie. It was. Yeah, what was it called? Blade Trinity, right? So, yeah. do you think that even contributed to, like, I guess, the financial problems that he would ultimately land him in jail or whatever? Oh. <laughs> I don't know. I, I I can't see how it would have helped. <laughs> I'm just saying. Uh, um, I need money. Let's do a Blade movie. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, um, that whole debacle was, uh, I guess, trying to um, break out a new piece of that franchise and. Uh, no one, no one wanted it. Yeah. Nobody wanted that. They wanted Blade. I mean, yeah. I mean, the 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 key key points to me that like we're trying to bring people to that film were one. I mean, I'm a wrestling fan, so Triple H seeing him mm-hmm. in the movie was like, ah, oh, okay, I got to see that. And then, um, I think right, I don't. I'm not good with timelines and everything, so I'm probably way off base. Uh, Ryan Reynolds was just coming off of Amityville Horror, maybe. Uh, was he? I, I guess gearing up for it or something like that. Because I mean, yeah, maybe. I don't know. So they had that going on, and then Jessica Alba or whatever the fuck. Um, oh, uh, Jessica Beale. Bill, Bill, one of them Jessicas. <laughs> um, <laughs> Jessica with the good hair. She yeah. Was in it. And yeah, there you go. Blade Trinity, <laughs> the motherfucker from Jailbreak. <laughs> Ugh. What a what. A- piece of garbage <laughs> you know what? I, I wish they would have just stopped that too that way you know they would have had some good you know i guess I, I look at it this way all right we got blade one great blade two good yeah if, the, if it would just left off there 
I believe, you know, with just those two films alone, Marvel could have might maybe circled the wagon around back on the whole Blade thing or whatever. Yeah. Man, but there has been you know so really much the, talk about a Blade 4. No, no, no. I'm going to tell you what really put the nail in the coffin. It wasn't even Blade 3. It was the fact that you had motherfucking sticky fingers. Oh, <laughs> <from Onyx. laughs> the, the TV series. That's what killed the Blade shit. <laughs> I've only seen a few episodes of that TV series, I, so I don't know few, how bad it actually got. Dog, there's only a few episodes of that thing because they had, um, a, they had a movie. There was a um, a Blade movie with Sticky Fingers as Blade. Then they had season one, which the show was canceled before the first season was over. Right, right, right. I remember that. So yeah, there you well, go. That 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 tells you about it there, and I've never <laughs> seen them either. I've only heard Sticky Fingers say one dialogue as Blade, and then I heard it. I was like, no, I can't do this. <laughs> <laughs> I think I know which piece of dialogue you're talking about, too. I remember seeing that, too, and going, what? What, yeah. what are you doing? And, and seeing that's also because I love, still love the movies, and as a collector, I'm still entertaining, maybe trying to find that movie and that box set with season one. Just so I can have it. I'll probably never cletus, watch yeah. it. Yeah, I'll probably never watch it, but uh, <laughs> just to have it in the set. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. Cause I, cause I'm, I'm still missing um one Mortal Kombat movie. You know, I don't think it was oh, a movie. No. It was um that Mortal Kombat Conquest. I think it was like a mini series or some shit. On TV. Yeah. And I'm missing that, so I need that to add to the set because I got both. I got uh, Mortal Kombat Legacy one and two. Then uh-huh. I got the two original Mortal Kombat movies. That's funny. Um, Mortal Kombat Conquest, that TV show. Yeah. Um, the guy that played the lead, who was the lead in that one? Uh, Kung Lao? Was it Kung Lao or Liu Kang? Uh, no, it wasn't Liu Kang. I think it was Kang. Kung Lao because it was, it was in the past, I think. Yeah, it was the past. So, yeah, it was Kung Lao. Um, that guy uh, was a very good friend of mine in high school. What? Paulo Montalban, yeah. He sounds like a, a Spaniard or something. He's like he he's, he's Filipino. Yeah, he's gonna sail the seven seas and shit and find treasure. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Paulo Montalban. He um he played uh, Kung Lao in Mortal Kombat Conquest. Yeah, uh, he was um yeah he was a uh, he was my buddy in high school. We did uh, we did high school plays together. <laughs> did he have any formal martial arts training? He did not. And if you watch that show very closely, this was a joke that we had, but every time he got into a fight, he turned into a six foot white man. Oh, God, now nah, I really got to have this shit. <laughs> uh, yeah, it was a, it was a running joke that uh, every time he got into a fight scene he turned into a six foot white man and then uh and then he came back when the fight was over oh man i, I gotta get that <laughs> shit now i'm gonna look it up this weekend <laughs> man oh <laughs> i don't even remember how i stumbled across that shit originally i remember i just remember it being on and i watched it <laughs> I yeah think it yeah I, I, you know, I watched it too because it was like mortal kombat but yeah i think it might have been on tnt or something like that and it probably had something to do with wrestling because you know some crazy yeah. off the wall shit can't come on after wrestling. I'm sure. That's that's crazy. 
Yeah, but Blade. All right. And I'm going to pose the same question to you. You should probably know my answer by now. But if at any time or any reason Marvel decides to bring the franchise back in either movie form or a Netflix series, who are you casting as Blade? Right. Now, this is assuming that Wesley Snipes can't pull it off anymore. This is assuming that he is (laughs) off the table. I, I will allow him to have some involvement to whether to be directing or consulting or maybe even being like a Whistler character or even right. maybe being Blade himself, kind of like passing the mantle on to another day walker or some shit like that. Yeah. I'll even allow that. Which I think would be cool. Yes. But uh, And I think we agree on this. Maurice Crump has lobbied to be Blade forever and he would be amazing. Mm-hmm. I have lobbied for this shit. <laughs> I don't know if has, I'm, I'm not yeah, talking to the right people, but yeah, well, but he, I mean, he's put on, he's put some shorts, uh, some short films uh, on his, uh, his Instagram and his YouTube channel of him in Daywalker garb doing the, the blade thing. And he looks right for the role. He looks, you know, he, he's got the skill. He's got the chops. Yep. And, uh, if, if you're going to do it, it, it will be done right if you give him the part. Yeah, because, I mean, the first movie I've seen him in was The Wrong Side of Town. Mm-hmm. And, and um, I knew then there was just something about him. It was just like the way he moved around and everything when he was fighting. I was just like, damn, this dude pretty good. Yeah. And then... um. Got to see him in The Protector too, and the way he was just like talking shit to everything. I was like, in that moment, when he was talking to Tony Jai and he was and they were fighting and everything, I was just like, this dude is Blade. This <laughs> yeah, dude yeah, is yeah. like Wesley Snipes' son or some shit. I was like, this, I mean, I could see him with the sword on his back, the freaking, yep. the blade of rings. <laughs> <laughs> the glaives. The glaives. <laughs> I was like, that is my dude, man. Yeah. Yeah. Do you watch Cash the series? Not yet. I've seen um the couple of the interviews they put out before it uh, started, but I haven't watched the actual series yet. There's only one episode so far, as far as I know. Mm-hmm. Uh, the second one hasn't come out yet, yep. but uh, it's a good look at the way that he carries himself when he's got that lead role. Mm-hmm. Um, he's uh, he's he's menacing. He's powerful. He's quick as hell. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, he he lays the smacketh down with impunity. So, <laughs> yeah, that's my dude, man. It was just like I can remember. Uh, it was a little point in time to where he was doing um Instagram live videos, and we were both on there in this chat, just talking to him and shit. It was like, hey, man, come do the podcast. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Um, I I would love to to be able to chat with him and see what. Uh, see what goes on. He's done so much work. I mean, he was, he did fight choreography for black Panther with, uh, you know, Chadwick Boseman. So the stories that that guy has, and I'm sure they're another tie in for me as well as he trains professional wrestler, Kofi Kingston. Oh, okay. So I mean like wrestling. Yay. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know that professional wrestlers needed trainers. That's cool. I mean, well, people seek uh, seek it out. So, I guess you have to learn how to take a chair to the face without getting hurt. So, 
Yeah, kind of. Yeah, I mean, I don't think there's no way to avoid it. I mean, you can put your hand up or whatever, but it's still going to hurt. <laughs> All this yeah, yeah, driving yeah. your hand into your face. <laughs> I remember uh, when uh, back when I, when I was a kid, and watching WrestleManias and all that stuff, the, uh, the of course the huge argument way back then was man wrestling's all fake. Yeah, you know, and uh, I knew it was fake, but I didn't care mm-hmm. at the time um, because even back then I realized that these guys were throwing themselves off the tops of things. Yes, <laughs> of, of things they were jumping off the top rope, and you can't jump off the top rope and fake that. You've got to land it. You've got to land so that you don't kill yourself. So, you know, obviously it took some kind of skill. So I was always on the side of, yeah, clearly it's fake, but they're still incredible athletes. So let it go. (laughs) I was like, that's the argument. I mean, my daddy didn't like, he was just like doing it to fuck with me. He was trolling me pretty much. (laughs) He was just like, I'll be in there watching it. He would just walk by. He's like, you know, that's fake, right? It's like, no, (laughs) he hit it with a chair. (laughs) <laughs> right right so yeah it, it's it's still fun i i don't i fell out of wrestling let me see wait let me think of the last guys that i followed before i fell out of wrestling um ricky the dragon steamboat wow you way back then <laughs> coco beware oh man uh Both of which are wwe hall of famers yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I mean, those were – the British Bulldogs were still super cool, good guys at oh, the time. Yeah, you you way in the back, man. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. This is this is ancient history for, for pro wrestling fans now. Yeah. Oh, um, Razor Ramon. Yeah, okay. All right. Now you, you, I'm creeping into your area then because, I mean, you got a okay. year gap on me. <laughs> and, uh, so the last guy that I, that I remember liking um, – as a character in in the pro wrestling world was uh, the Undertaker. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. No, I, I, yeah. Yeah. That's you, you kind of in the back. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I don't know anybody who's doing it nowadays, but um, the uh, the Undertaker at least was an interesting character, and his uh, his sidekick was always ridiculously funny, Paul Bearer. Yeah. So that was about <laughs> that was that was as far as I took it. Percy Pringle. That's his real name. His, his what? Side Get out of here. Yeah. He died a couple years ago. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, uh, I, I remember hearing that news. I was like, oh, look, Paul Bearer died finally. Yeah. Nobody was saying, oh, yes, like how he would. So, <laughs> all right. Um, we're going to wind down, but I never really got to ask you because, I mean, we went down this rabbit hole of so many awesome things that I love so much. <laughs> um, podcasting how do you find yourself in this realm (laughs) okay um did your kids try to do it so you was like no i'm gonna do it too (laughs) (laughs) no no but but my daughters do now want to start their own podcast because i do it so (laughs) all right now they're copying you see see it's a vicious circle (laughs) (laughs) yeah so i was just kind of i was doing some work late one night um and I was watching Five Deadly Venoms, I think on my computer, uh, while I was doing the work. So I was doing that, and I I also had the TV on uh, in the background for some just some background noise. Mm-hmm. Uh, and 
So I was watching Five Deadly Venoms, and a commercial for Into the Badlands came on. Which is a good show. Yeah, I love that show. Uh, Great martial arts, um, great characters. But uh, noticing that I was still watching classic kung fu, and there was some martial arts on TV, and there was something else that that kicked it. I can't remember. Maybe there was a movie that had martial arts uh, involved in it. But um, at that moment, it was... 2016 and i was surrounded for at least one second with different kinds of martial arts entertainment and i thought huh there's still all kinds of kung fu and martial arts going on i wonder if there are still people out there that love the classic kung fu films and would want to kind of relive that stuff um so I, I went looking for podcasts about classic Kung Fu films and there were some that were defunct uh, and there weren't any that were uh, doing anything currently. So I was like, I, you know what? I, I don't know anything about podcasting. I don't know if I can even do it, but I'm going to record something and see where it takes me. Mm-hmm. So I, uh, I fired up whatever microphone I had on hand. It was an old USB microphone. I turned it on and I just started recording. And I recorded about uh, just talking about the classic Kung Fu era and Five Deadly Venoms as the movie that kickstarted it all for me. And then I sat on it for like a week or two. I thought, how the hell do you do podcasting? I don't, I don't know anything <laughs> about this medium. Uh, a few minutes of research and uh, paying for a host. And I said, you know what, I'm going to do it, put it out there and see what kind of response I get. You know, maybe I'll get two downloads. Maybe it'll be me and, you know, my parents will download and and then, then I'll know that it's, it's not worth it. Mm-hmm. But I did, I put it out there uh, and I didn't get two downloads. I got like 11 downloads in that first few hours. I was like, what, really? Mm-hmm. And then I just, I figured, you know, maybe I'll get 50 people that will, will listen to it and that'll be fun. And then we can connect and we can, and talk about that kind of stuff. So, uh, I did the second episode and I let that go and the numbers kept coming and I was having so much fun just being able to talk about Kung Fu because there wasn't anybody else that was willing to talk about it with me. (laughs) So... I just let it roll and 70 some odd episodes later and um, tens of thousands of downloads. And uh, here I am. Yeah, man. I mean, what's, what's your background? Do you have like any formal speaking, like any communications degrees or anything like that? Or No, man. You, you've heard me talking this entire time. Do I sound like I have any kind of communications degrees? Yeah, I mean, I mean it's just... I heard you, um, you did a little bit of acting with your homeboy who turned into a six-foot white guy. So, <laughs> that, that, those are high school plays. All right? they're, they're not looking for Shakespeare there. <laughs> they're just looking for somebody who, who can recite the lines without messing them up. Well, listen, um, listening to the, 
to the show on, with my ears or whatever. I mean, you're a well-spoken person or whatever. Whenever you had um, guests on there, when you're doing your interview, how you pose your questions and everything, I thought it was real good, real professional-like, unlike what you're going to hear on here. But, <laughs> you know, uh, that's why I thought you might have had some kind of background in it or broadcasting or some shit like that. Oh, well, thanks. I, I appreciate that. And and, uh, and don't sell yourself short. I think, I think you're very well-spoken. You have a great radio voice, by the way. Um, Thank you very much. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, I don't. Broadcasting was was never my thing. Um, I had flirted with the idea of of being a radio disc jockey when I was in college, but only because you got to hang out with some really beautiful women at oh, yeah. <laughs> at I, the radio station. But so that was all. But yeah, other than that, I, I think. Hopefully what comes across when I'm talking with people that I am interviewing is the fact that I'm genuinely interested in what they have to say. And for that time that I'm interviewing them, I am as much a fan of what we're talking about and who I'm talking to as I am a podcaster. Mm -hmm. Uh, So I'm not – I don't have a radio voice. I don't try to be a radio personality. I, I do my research and I have uh, a game plan when I go into it. Uh, and then I. So that's what that sounds like. <laughs> Maybe. Have... Um, you know, that's what my mom says anyway. But um, I. Once I start talking to these guys and, and we get into the nitty gritty of, of, wh- of why I'm interviewing them in the first place. Uh, that's when I let that inner geek out and it's just having fun with, with my guest and, and shooting the shit and just being, uh, being real. Hopefully it it comes off that way. Um, it's not always an easy conversation. Uh, some, some guests are just not, uh, into talking and, uh, it, 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 (laughs) yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, and it becomes a little bit of a, a, of a chore where you know, you might feel like you're pulling teeth, but um, even in those instances, uh, I have them on for a reason, and I can't shake that geek mm-hmm. aspect of it. And I'm just eager to see what they have to say and just to hear more. And if I could keep them for hours, I would. But yeah, you know, I, I'm I'm so thrilled that they give me uh, 30 minutes, an hour, whatever it is, and uh, I've gotten to talk to some really great people. Yeah, because I mean, usually, I mean, all right, you figured that these people have done in millions of interviews, or mm-hmm. whatever, and when they come here, I mean, I try to make it like the furthest thing from their mind or whatever. Right. You know, it's just like, all right, anybody can pull up your freaking Wikipedia and be like, all right, you were born here, you came right. here, you did that and did this and everything, and you know, I just want to ask you things from you know a genuine curiosity and shit. Right. Right. Know? Or try to at least think of something that, you know, nobody would normally ask. Yeah. So, I mean. Yeah. And that that genuine conversation, I think, is more fun to listen to than anything that is uh, that's by the by the book and by the numbers. Anybody can do that, like you said. So if if I can connect with that guest uh, and make them comfortable enough to want to connect with me, at least for that that time that we're together then that's where i think i get to uh to really do my thing and just have some fun yeah 
too. All right, man. I appreciate the hell out of you. You you made me walk down memory lane and kick over a few boxes and cans while I was down the, down the street. Um, yeah, it it was it was great being on here. Thank you so much for having me. Uh, it it was uh, worth the two year uh, wait. <laughs> it was it was definitely worth the wait. It, it, it was a long time coming, and uh, and uh, I'm glad that we got to do it. And uh, hopefully, it won't be two years until we do it again. Oh yeah, exactly. I, I, I'm gonna harass you now. <laughs> <laughs> What a great time. Thank you so much. All right. Hey, before you go, tell everybody where they can find you on social media. Ah, yes. So social media. Uh, you can find me on uh, Instagram at Kung Fu Driving Podcast. You can find me on Twitter at Kung Fu Driving. You can find me on the Facebook, if you still use that, uh, Kung Fu Driving Podcast. Um, you can email me, Kung Fu Driving at gmail.com. Uh, and now you can find me on Random Ramblings with Rob, Boom. the three-hour show as uh, as I know it. Uh, so check out that episode. Rob's a great host, great personality, uh, and we had some fun conversations about some fun topics uh, from from long ago up to today. And Iron Fist rules. <laughs> <laughs> Iron Fist rules, Rob. That's all Iron Fist rules, all right? <laughs> All right, man. Once again, I appreciate your time and you've been a guest on the show. Uh, the door is always open for you to come back anytime you want for whatever reason it is. Thank you so much. You know, when Iron Fist season two uh, finally debuts, uh, you'll have to return the favor and come on my show so we can talk about it and argue over whether or not it succeeded. Dog, we can. What is usually what? Ten episodes or something like that? Something like that. All right. We can it do a commentary for it. All 10 episodes. Me and you, we'll watch them together. We'll talk about it afterwards. We can do a whole series. <laughs> all right. As painful as season one was, it may take me 10 years to get through all 10 episodes. I'm just telling you now. All right. Never mind. Then we'll, we'll work something else out. We'll get the Cliff's notes down. <laughs> Sounds good. All right, man. Appreciate you, bro. Thank you. And that was the amazing and talented Jeff Vita, host of the Kung Fu Drive-In podcast. If you haven't heard it, I recommend that you give it a listen. Um, dude, I don't know. It's just something about his voice, the way he talks with his uh, guests and everything. And it, he does it way better than I do. <laughs> so, I mean, that's a ringing endorsement because I, I feel like I do like shit sometimes. But anyway, uh, appreciate him for coming on. I've been uh, trying to track him down for about a year and a half, two years to get him on the show. And he's finally arrived. He's finally here. And um, he's probably thinking the same thing right now as this episode airs because we recorded this a long time ago <laughs> and like i said i had to shuffle the deck around hold some things in reserve and plus as i record today is sunday the day this episode will come out and it is september 16th you know i always talk about hating to date my shows and everything or talk about times because i mean you listen to this podcast whenever you listen to it or it'll get heard whenever it get heard but today specifically, I have to say this because September 16th is Mrs. B. Rob's birthday. So, yay. If you're hearing this, I know it's going to be um, belated. Or, I mean, if you're listening to it, you know, on actually September 16th of 2019 or 2020 or in the future. Or <laughs> maybe if you're time traveling, you went back to September 16th in another year uh, previous to this one. If you're on that day and you happen to hear this episode, send Ms. B. Rob a shout. You can do so 
on Twitter at double R underscore chick. No K at the end. That's just C H I C. And um, you can follow on Instagram at Ms. M-Z uh, R-O-B-Y-N. That's Ms. Robin. So there you go. Uh, she don't like to plug her uh, freaking social media. I just did. Broke the cardinal rule. <laughs> so what? It's her birthday. We've been turning up all weekend. We uh, Last night we went to see Hannibal Burr's live, and it was hilarious. I think he's better at stand-up than he is in some of his movies. <laughs> but, um, yeah. Enjoyed the show. Had some weird uh, DJing going on by Tony Tram. He had videos visuals to go with his um dj and set and it was awkward as shit um yeah so happy birthday to mrs b rob love you very much and to date some more shit three days from now september 19th will be the 10 year anniversary of me and mrs b rob being a married couple and whatnot so there you go you can send out all your shout outs and well wishes on social media at the places I'm about to plug right now, at It's B-Rob on Twitter. If you want to follow me and talk about professional wrestling and any other general shenanigans, that's the place you do it. That's I-T-S-B-R-O-B. Um, some of you got the origin story behind the nickname B-Rob that I have, and it's on Twitter. You can look it up at It's B-Rob. That's I-T-S-B-R-O-B. See, double plugs, 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 plugs everywhere. Since it's Miss B-Rob's birthday, she's going to get some plugs, too. <laughs> <laughs> she probably didn't appreciate that joke um, you can follow the show on twitter at 3R show that's 3R S-H-O-W and if you hit been trendy you should also be following at 3R show 2 that's T-O-O you can go to randomrobcast.com which has been newly uh, facelifted and whatnot. there's a whole new design and everything I'm still working the kinks out I gotta redo my artist spotlight page that was on the previous website because I mean all the musical guests that's been on this show deserves a spotlight you know to make some good music I mean, they have a bubbly and awesome personality I don't, I don't mean bubbly in a derogatory sense like they're slow or something but um I got to set that back up. Also, I have the guest page. So every guest that has been on the show, except for King Ajar, because he refused to send me a picture, um, that has been on this show, um, I have a, a photo of them on the guest section. And um, if you click on their photo, it'll link to their specific episode. So I'm still working on it. There's um, some guests that have been on here multiple times, and I can't put, I can only put one link in the link in description. So I'm trying to figure all that out to where I can link that one picture to multiple episodes. I probably had to open up like another page or something so it'll redirect you to all their episodes. So I'm still working on that. So be mindful of it. But you can always uh, just click on one episode and you can find the whole list of all the episodes. So, yeah, Random Robcast has been redesigned and redone and look all beautified now. Also, what you find on randomrobcast.com is different ways that you can help and support the show. You can um, find my merch store through wehavemerch.com. That's wehavemerch.com. You go to wehavemerch.com, look for the Random Rounds with Rob, and you see all my cool t-shirt hats and um, 
coming with some different style of merchandise soon. I, I know only thing other than shirts and hats, I got a coaster. You can get some coasters. <laughs> but I'm trying to uh, work with my man over there and um, get you some cool new items that you can rock and wear. Um, I got my Amazon links on there as normal. Um, and they also Patreon links. You can be a patron to the show, just like Glenn Abbott, Brandon McIntyre, uh, King Ajar, Bob Hines, and Robert Cook. I appreciate those gentlemen very much. And if you want to do it the freeway, I'm not begging for your money. It's just there if you would like to contribute. You know, it's just always an option. So the freeway, the most important way that you can help support this podcast and many other podcasts that you may listen to is to like, subscribe, share, retweet, and write reviews. Five stars preferably. But if you uh, do anything four stars and below, I would like some constructive criticism. Give me the opportunity to ignore your comments. <laughs> so, yeah, on behalf of Mrs. B-Rob, today's a birthday. We're about to go party as soon as the Internet is um, connected because our Internet has been down since Wednesday. So um, later on this evening, this episode will be uploaded and I'll probably be half toe to the wind. Um, plugging them orifices I was talking about earlier. <laughs> I'll just play it, but I'm not. And um, maybe somewhere in the midst of all that chaos, I might get to watch the Hell in a Cell pay-per-view this evening. The Cell is red now, covered in blood. But um, that's part from the course. So uh, thank you for your support. Thank you for listening. And I'll see you next time.